Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All things covered, listeners and viewers. We back once again, Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, and we will continue our gold jacket tour. Last week episode, you guys got a chance to hear from a living legend, a guy who will be inducted in the Hall of Fame in early August and Coach Bill Cower. This week, we got another living legend who will be inducted into the Hall, an outstanding high character individual, but he went to the wrong school, went to the University of Miami, Other than that, he's a stand-up guy, but he just happened to go to the wrong school. Fourth overall pick in the 1999 NFL Draft, and this man won Rookie of the Year. Took the league by a storm, first day on the yard. Two-time first-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Pro Bowler, 2000s All-Decade Team, and a Pro Football Hall of Famer. We got a bunch of flowers to give him, and we will give them to him on this show Edrin James joining me here, all things covered. EJ, man, and thank you for joining me. How you feeling? What's up, my boy? Everything good. But like the intro, you know, you got to understand, man. Y'all like our little brothers, you know, (laughs) Florida State. Y'all look up to us. Everything y'all do, we've done, okay? So let's let's do this right. So we said the right school. Let's just go say, hey, I understand the little brother want to be bigger than the big brother. And... You got your time right, but not with us, all right? All right, you, don't do you, that. Don't you, do see that. That, you see that jersey behind me. And you know what? In a few months, in a few months when college football kick off, I got your number, you got my number. You guys got to come to Tallahassee. And we're and we going to just you know, put a nice little nice little dinner on the line or something like that, nice little wager. Man, look, man, you are, listen, man, y'all ain't ready. You know it. <laughs> Boy, I call you, you're not going to answer. We already know how this thing gonna play out, so let's come on. Yeah, we gonna hey, see. Boy, y'all little boys to us right now. You know that, I know that, we know that, but it's all good. Like, it's okay, man. I'll be rooting for my little brother anytime. I <laughs> know that, no doubt. Hey, that's the fun rivalry between Miami and Florida State. It's everlasting. It's not going anywhere. But I can tell you this much, EJ, man, we can't take credit for this, but we like it so much, we'll use it today to describe our conversation. As your YouTube channel calls, calls it, and you have an outstanding YouTube channel, man, you guys make sure you go follow my guy on his YouTube page. The story of gold teeth to gold jacket. And I love that you've been putting out some quality content. And speaking of gold jacket, you will be going into the Hall of Fame next month with your former quarterback, Peyton Manning. Uh, And you also will attend the same Colts game in September uh, to get your Hall of Fame ring. What does it mean to enter the Hall of Fame with a guy you share so much success with, especially there in Indianapolis? You know, like the icing on the cake, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I think anybody would say just to be in the Hall of Fame. It's a whole nother level. You know, it's like, you know, we play this game. We start out at seven, eight years old, play organized ball. And if you look at the parks, it's filled with kids. But as you go up, you know, it gets tougher and tougher. You know, and once you get to the NFL, you know, you're playing with the best of the best. And to actually become a Hall of Famer, you know, that's a whole nother level with just within the game itself. So when there's a chance to become a Hall of Famer, that's, that, that's, that's big enough. But then all of a sudden when you say, okay, now I get to go in with my man, you know, that's the icing on the cake. You know, it's like, hey, they done made this thing too sweet. You know what I'm saying? Like we turned a negative into a positive. Like we couldn't go last year, but now you got double trouble. You know, you got 18 and 32 coming through at the same time. So you already know how the Midwest route. No question. And, and speaking of, you know, uh, being inducted into the hall, who will be presenting you uh, of, uh, during the ceremony? For me, I told the owner of the team, you know, it's like, like I told Mr. Ursay, mm-hmm. you know, Ursay is the man, you know, he's always, you know, he, you know, he's the one that put all this stuff together. They get, really got behind it. And I think uh, it's a, it's a nice gesture and it means a lot to me. And I'm quite sure it means a lot to him, you know, because, you know, as a, when you, when you go out and play ball, you know, you play for these owners or you play for these different teams, but you don't really have a relationship. Yeah. But, we have a relationship. We have a different type of relationship. And that's somebody who have always taken care of myself and took care of 
many players that he just really, you know, brought into his organization. You know, so it's one of those things where you got to respect it. You know, I got I respect it, and I think it's on it's the right thing to do. And for me, it's a no brainer. No doubt, no doubt. So let's go back in time, EJ. You know, I'm a Florida boy, so I've heard of Immokalee before, but there are a lot of people who've never heard of Immokalee. Uh, for those that may have never heard of Immokalee, tell us a little bit about uh, where you grew up at. Well, Immokalee is a special place. You know, if you never heard of it, you know, it's like a gold mine, like a place that, like, it really tests you. You know, it's one of the, um, it's one of the poorest cities in the state of Florida. It's one of the poorest places in the country. But if you make it out of there, you know, it's so you can make it anywhere, you know, but it's one of the places I take pride in because we didn't have all the resources. We didn't have everything that other players have, which gave me, which gave me a great appreciation for things, you know, and then once I was able to leave, you know, I, I, I look back on my roots and look back on all the things that, that it took to get there. And that's what made the place even more special. Yeah. And then speaking of Immokalee, Pat P's uh, current teammate, Mackenzie Alexander, He's from Immokalee as well. So you guys been known to put out big time ballers uh, at a consistent rate. And they're still doing the same thing right now, currently there in Immokalee. Speaking of the resources or the lack thereof, you know, how did that change your your purpose? You know, growing up in a very, very tough environment, not having a lot of resources, not having a lot of options. You know, how did that change your purpose? Well, your purpose remains the same, you know, but it, your appreciation is different, mm-hmm. you know things that other people may overlook, you know, I don't overlook because, you know, this is, it's a big deal to me. You know, that's one thing that, that I got a greater appreciation for the things that I had access to, or, you know, it, I don't care if it's even taking a trip or if it's somebody doing something nice for you. You know, some people, they was used to people doing things for them. You know, I'm not used to that, you know, so when somebody do something for me, it means a lot. You know, when somebody opens a door for me, it means a lot because I know a lot of, people that I grew up with, they didn't have that opportunity or it's, it's not something that we even put in our mind to even think that's even, that's possible. No doubt. So those are things that really stand out. And, and speaking of things that's, that, that stood out, you know, throughout your career, not professional career, but early on, you know, collegiate career, you were known not just to be a, a dominant running back, but a guy that fit the Florida mode. You know, for us, we we used to seeing the gold fronts. We used to seeing the locks, the skinny ones, the, the the thick ones. That's part of our culture. But for the national presence, they weren't used to seeing that. So how important was it for you to stay true to your image, even though some people may look at it in a in a different light. Some people felt like it could have hurt uh, your, the perception of who you were as a player. But you stayed true to that. How important was that for you? You know, it, it was very important, you know, but at the same time, you have to remember, man, let's break everything down. What what are we here for? You know, we're here to play ball. So all the everything, the bells and whistles, is all a lot of rah, 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 a lot of, you know, it's white noise. You know, if you can play, you can play. And that's one thing I could play. So I knew that I could play. I had the confidence to play. So why do all this extra stuff or why get away from who I am when I understand what is really about it's really about playing ball you know no i think times they don't, a lot of players and a lot of people they really don't understand that that i don't care what you look like you know i don't think in this business it's a it's a place where racism or where you come from or how you speak or anything it comes down to can you play can you perform really when you break it all the way down you know and i was able to play perform because i'm gonna have the locks i'm gonna have the gold teeth I'm going to talk like I talk and I'm not there trying to be at this press conference. I'm not trying to be in nobody's face. So when somebody get me, they lucky to say, okay, yeah, I did that interview. Or I did. Cause I'm not interested. <laughs> in that. I'm not interested in that. You know, I'm here to play ball. No and question. I kept, I kept it what it was. It was no about question. business, about playing ball. And anybody that keeps it like that, they'll get a better understanding of how this whole thing works. And correct me if I'm wrong, Edge, I think you're the first person, the first Hall of Famer that will have their, their statue of their face molded with dreadlocks, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think there's another Hall of Famer in the hall that has their statue with dreads. I think you might be the first, right? I'm the first one to come through and just, like, be me, too. You know, it's like, you got to remember, this This game has evolved. You know, it's, it's a great game, and it has evolved. But business forced it to evolve because... Yeah. 
when you look on the parks, you look at the high school players, you look at the college players, you know, they are who they are. And, and as a culture, we're opening up. We're, we're getting more comfortable with being ourselves. And on the other side, they're doing business. Like, they don't give a, they don't care what you look like as long as you can perform, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what it's about because at the end of the day, it's about bottom line. This is not the Army or Navy where you have to be a clean cut, you have to look a certain way. It's about what can you do, you know? And so I understood it at an early age. And now it everybody's understanding it, you know? It's like you kind of open the doors. You know, you, you know, you say, oh, yeah, you're the first person with this. I'm not going to be the last person with it, you know? No question. No the question. door is open now. You know, it's like people going to be be coming through that thing, you know, rocking locks, rocking all the different things that they deem as themselves. You know, more people are being themselves and the league is adjusting to it. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's getting hip. The owners are getting hip. Everybody's getting hip. You know, we brought a lot of flavor. You know, know how we brought that flavor to, to Florida State? We brought flavor to y'all. That's how we did it, you know? We forced it, you know what I'm saying? And we made y'all kind of, <laughs> you know, we made y'all kind of, um, Try to duplicate what we do. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you talk about flavor. We had the ultimate flavor guy in prime time, Deion Sanders. So you talk about brought flavor. No, 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 no. You know, you know, prime time was a trendsetter hey. in the late '80s in Tallahassee. So don't do that, EJ. Don't do that, Edge. That's that's one guy. That's the that's, that's the guy. that's the best guy you can have. That's the that's the number hey. one guy. And that's one guy, and he's from the 239 area, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. But we talking about as a whole. You look at the University of Miami, the way we do things, the way we did it, y'all started doing it. You know what I'm saying? You know it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, switch your pride to the side. Y'all like, <laughs> we the big dogs. <laughs> we, 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 hey, we going to see, but I can't tell you this. You guys did some big-time things in Miami. And speaking of Miami, uh, let's go to, to the Bush Davis tenure. I mean, when you were at Miami, that was pretty much in the beginning of Butch Davis uh, turning that program around. You helped set the foundation uh, uh, for the dominance in the early 2000s. But how would you rate the state of the program when you first got there? Well, you know, you get to the program and you got to understand the things that the program goes through. That's what everybody will understand with the University of Miami. The University of Miami, every time it was down, it went through something. You know, when we went through right before Butch, Butch had to build that program back up. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, I, I think everybody would agree the best football players come from the state of Florida and South Florida put out the best youth programs, the best high school. And if they put out the best youth programs and the best high school programs, if those guys don't leave the state, it would translate to the best college programs, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. And that's what ended up happening. People come, started coming down and plucking our guys and getting our guys. But we went through you know, the suspensions and the limited resources and the limited scholarships. So that's what really hurt our program. You know, other than that, you wouldn't see those guys go to the Alabamas and go to all those other schools because they'll be home. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what they know. But, you know, things got a little rough down there. And that, that's every time you see the University, University of Miami take a dip, it's because of sanctions or because we're going through something, yeah. you know. And, and that's what usually happens. And I can tell you this much, you you definitely were were a vocal uh, a player in the turnaround because I remember coming up in high school, you know, Miami was like, ah, you know, they, were, they weren't that consistent, dominant program. And then Butch came and you came. And I can tell you one thing that kind of turned the program around. And you may agree, you may disagree with me, but I was at this game, that UCLA game where you were just putting a video game like numbers. It was so easy for you. The second to last game in a hurricane uniform, you had 39 carries for 299 yards, three touchdowns to beat at that time, UCLA, who was ranked third in the country. What do you remember about that game and how did that elevate your stardom, not only at Miami, but nationally? Well, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like the opportunity. You know, it's where if guys don't get suspended, you know, if guys don't get suspended and everybody has a play, now I'm getting my same amount of carries. Mm -hmm. I'm still the same person. You know, I'm still the same person. I'm still the same back. I'm going to test the way I test, you know, when it comes to the NFL. You know, you can't take my hands away. You can't take nothing I've done away. But at the same time, you have to understand that, you know, the opportunity was presented. And I seized the moment. You know, I took advantage yeah. of 
opportunity because at the same time, like the player doesn't change. It's just the situation change, you know? And at the University of Miami, you know, any time you're at the University of Miami, that way we have so many good backs because everybody gets to play. You know, it's not one thing where we have this dominant running back and he carries all the ball. I mean, he carries the ball all the time. And that's what everybody don't understand. You know, like when you look at it, like we share the ball, we make sure we spread the ball out and we make sure we spread the ball around. Yeah. And that's the only difference, you know, because if I would have been getting those carries during the season, you would have been known about myself, you know, mm-hmm. but you can't, you know, if, if this is the way the program runs, if this is the system we're, that we're in, you can't do nothing about that. So it's just a situation where, okay, you know, preparation, opportunity meets. They're going to call you lucky. They're going to call you this and that. But you got to be that guy to be able to run the ball 30-something times. <laughs> 39. Know? Yeah, you got, you, got to be, you got to be that dog. So for me, it was like, shit, damn, about time I get a chance to run the ball. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. by the time I ain't got to split this thing, you know what I'm saying? So now it's where, okay, now everybody get a chance to see it. It's like, y'all been in the dark, but in hindsight, that helped me. That helped me because... I never took a toll on my body. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I only yeah. played some college football games. I didn't play a lot of fo- a lot of college football games. Wow. You know? And that helped me. You know, you got, you know, during during the whole thing, you know, it was a comparison between myself and Ricky Williams. Mm-hmm. That was never a personal comparison with me or him. It was everybody just doing the job. Yeah. I played 40 some games. I only played 20 some games. Mm. You know. A running back only has so many carries in their body, you know? It doesn't uh-huh. matter what. So when you start breaking everything down, you start break, you start looking at it and say, okay, dang, this kid legit, he can do everything because I could always do everything. But, you know, I didn't get a chance to prove it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And speaking of the games you played in over 20, you had 497 total carries. So, yeah, definitely. You jumped into the NFL fresher than some of your contemporaries at the running back position. Younger and fresher. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it it takes, I mean, it's not one of those things where it's like, you know, can you do it? Because, shit, you know I can do it, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't put on display. You know what I'm saying? So I finally got a chance to get put on display. And, shit, you know, you know, one thing you know about a Miami Hurricane, we know about a moment. We're still a show. You know, we'll sit up there and say, hey, Shit, this opportunity. We take pride in that. You know what I'm saying? So that was hey. like going into that game knowing that, like, hey, this your opportunity. Opportunity. You see so, the moment. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. Because the player is the player. I'm gonna. I run what I run. I run how I run. I ain't do nothing different. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Hey, real quick, numbers wise. You had 400 and what 97 total carries. Ricky Williams had over a thousand carries. He had a lot of wear and tear on his body just before he got to the National Football League. So big time point uh, coming from you, EJ. So you got drafted in 1999. You were fourth overall, as you stated. But the year before, the same team, the Colts, they drafted Peyton Manning first overall. Uh, do you remember the first time you met Peyton Manning and what were your impressions of him when you met him? Well, like um, me and Peyton actually had this story, you know, like I was getting recruited by agents during the whole process, you know, mm-hmm. so. You know, part of the recruiting process, the agent had me come to Madison Square Garden, go to a Knicks play. This a Knicks Pacers playoff game. Yeah, and I'm so having sitting behind Peyton Manning. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not knowing it's gonna be my teammate. Mm-hmm. You know, but he on the third row, I'm on the fourth row, or something like that. We had the game. Yeah, and so I don't really know this dude or whatever. And then I'm not, you know, now we kind of prideful down there. You know, at the U, we like, man, we ain't stepping to this dude. Like, hey, what's up or whatever. <laughs> you know, so. I don't say nothing to him, yeah. you know. I'm just there, and I just like, dang, I'm behind Peyton Man, it's cool. We watching the Knicks game. I'm getting recruited by these agents, and then fast forward, you know, four or five months from there, or two, three months, whatever this playoffs till the draft. That's my teammate now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's where the whole thing comes. Like we have, like we had this conversation going from there. And he's like, hey man, why don't you say something to me? You know, like, dang my style. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But now it's become my teammate and we go to work. 
and we go to be brothers forever. So that was actually pretty cool. No question. And talking about going to work, EJ, I mean, your rookie year, you jumped off the porch, running. You wasn't crawling, you wasn't walking, you was running. Out the gate uh, in, in the NFL, you had two 100-yard performances uh, on the way to 1,500 yards, the Russian title, Rookie of the Year. Why did things click so quickly for you? And what were, and were those numbers like the success? Was that, you were expecting that type of success early on in your career? You know, you know, it's one of those things where like, first of all, you're going to a team that was three and 13. Mm -hmm. So nobody expected that. But you linking up Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, everybody hungry, everybody working. And the missing piece to the puzzle is the back that can do it all. You know, so I come in a situation where I'm the missing piece to the puzzle because everybody else steady improving, working on their game. And so, you know, you go through and you, you have this success, you do all those things, but you gotta remember where I'm coming from. I'm expecting to have success. You know, this, the NFL thing was easy to me. You know, it was like, it's a game, you know, all this thing as a running back has always been a game, you know? And like, I was, you know, I, I was born to be a running back. The way I'm built up is a running back, you know what I'm saying? Running back or linebacker, that's one or the other, you know? So when I go through and I play the game, it's a piece of cake for me. And now we all link together and everybody's strength come get being put on display. Man, listen, and, and that's the thing about how well you performed, because that was a bad team, like you said. I mean, back to back years, they had top five selections. The first overall when they got Peyton, fourth when they got you. So Clearly, they were going in the wrong direction, and you guys basically changed it with the blink of an eye. And you just set the foundation being able to establish a balanced attack on the offensive end. And when you look at during your early career in the National Football League, you had a lot of outstanding running backs. You know what I mean? You had a lot of guys that can tote the rock. Uh, but when you look at what you were able to do, uh, there's a rumor that you kept the list of the top 20 rushes in, in your sidekick at that time. And remember, back in the day, sidekicks were the hot thing. Everybody got iPhones now, but sidekicks were the hot thing. How much did records motivate you? Well, you know, like, I think even to this day, like, you have to measure yourself. Mm -hmm. I measure myself every day. I don't care. It's like, I don't care if a person doing personal training, they're trying to get their weight down, or if a person trying to get their financials, you need measuring sticks. Measuring sticks is what move us, you know? And so for me, it's like, if I'm coming to a game and this is the best, I need to see everybody that's the best, you know? And see what they're doing. See how they go study everybody. And that's one thing I did. Like, like I, don't, I don't take it lightly, you know? It's like, I respect everybody, you know? And out of respect, you got to sit up there and study everybody. You know, you mm -hmm. got to time to a study. Okay, if you want to be a good business person, you say, okay, these are the guys that I'm, you know, always find somebody to chase. And that's what I did. I saw a list of the greats. I said, okay, these are the greats. All right, this is what I'm going to do. So I had a chart all the way from Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, everybody broken all the way down. And I said, look, I'm just going to climb this chart. Yeah. And I kept, and then I made it all the way to the top 10, you know, but then, I had other stuff that go on in my life personally that made me just kind of lose the thrill for the game. Mm -hmm. But I always say, okay, look, I want to go to the top five. You know, I made it to number 10, but my interest for the game and personal life kind of got me off of that, you know, where it didn't become important to me. But all my career, I knew what everybody did, when they did it, because I said, okay, look, only way you're going to be the best, you got to monitor those guys and you guys do what they do or do better. Oh, big time words right there. No question. Uh, you currently sit at number 13. So that's still that's still at the top, if you're asking me. When you look at all the elite running backs that have played in the National Football League since the beginning of time, you currently sit at number 13. So that's top notch. Let's go back to one of the best coach teams I think you were a part of. Back in 2005, I mean, you guys were 14 and 2 had the number two offense in the National Football League, had the number two defense. You had 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. Uh, does that 05 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers still hurt the most? Oh, me, it's like, I don't, I don't, football doesn't hurt me. You know, I'm realistic. I understand that game. We play that team again. There's no doubt that we would beat that team. But the thing is, we play that huh? team. You heard me. I said, there's no doubt that we would beat that team. But the problem is when you play a team twice, you know, we beat y'all in the... Monday night, in the regular season. 
So we beat y'all in the regular season. So it's kind of one of those situations where you kind of let your guard down. You're thinking like you're going to go through this. But y'all came through real hungry. Y'all came through super hungry. And it was personal. Yeah. So that's the difference because we had the better team. You know, Mm -hmm. we had the better team. But y'all played better on that day. You know, it's I, I can look at that guy. I know that game. You know what I'm saying? But it's like you have to be on your shit every day. Yeah. We didn't come motivated. We didn't come through saying, okay, this is not, we had just played y'all. So y'all made a couple corrections. And that and, and, and that that's that's the thing about it. So when you learn from those things, though, you know, because we had a real good team, you know. But yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all was stacked. <laughs> Think about this, Edge. That team, that offense. Yeah. I think y'all had three, yeah, three Hall of Famers on offense. You, no, no, I'm sorry, four. You, Peyton, Reggie, Marvin. No, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Like, but y'all can't. That's what that's that's the beauty of the game. Like the beauty of the game is, like, man, look, you can lose any day. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, y'all came through, like, personally knowing, like, y'all came through with a different intensity. You know, we just we played y'all in the regular season. Y'all came through hitting harder in the playoffs. Y'all came through more focus, you know? And I give I give props to that team. I'm like, man, they came through, like, it meant more to them. And and the score showed. Yeah, I can tell you this much. When we played y'all Monday night, we were sleeping at the wheel. That's why the playoff game was so personal because we felt, we knew we were a better team, but y'all just got, I mean, y'all caught, y'all got out, out on us quick. Uh, a lot of deep plays. I mean, big time splash plays. We just couldn't get out our own way. So when we came back, in that, in that playoff game, number one, offensively, we want to be more aggressive. Defensively, we want to make sure we try to find a way to, to neutralize you. Because when you run into football, Peyton going to do whatever he want to do. And Peyton going to do whatever he want to do anyway. But it's harder, as you know, trying to stop an elite quarterback when the elite running back is getting off as well. Yeah, y'all, y'all was more. That's why I said, man, y'all came through motivated. Like, we can agree to disagree yeah. on the better team. But that was one of our better teams that was put together that was both sides uh, of the that was together. I agree and, with you. Yeah, that yeah, team, so y'all was stacked. That that team yeah. right there on defense, y'all was stacked on both sides. We was a stacked team right then, and that's why I say, man. But y'all, y'all came in with a, a, a bigger purpose. And if you look back on that game, you go through that game, you see all the mistakes that we made because it's like, you know, we we know this stuff that we don't normally do. But my hats off to y'all because in the NFL, you got to understand that regular season, the playoffs is two different situations. And I, you know, I experienced that with the Tennessee Titans, you know, mm-hmm. early 1999, you know, we beat them. You no, know, I mean, we, we played them, but when they came and they came hungry, they was hitting a little bit harder. They was doing things. They were a little bit more focused. And then by the time we wake up, it's too late. And it was too the late. Offense, yeah. Offense just run out of time. And you know, one thing, NFL, it's one and done. You don't get a chance to play again like the NBA, uh, 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 baseball, exactly. or hockey. It's one and done. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You you were part of a culture change in, in college at Miami. We talked about Butch Davis' tenure when you jumped on board uh, with the Hurricanes, kind of helped change that culture. But in the National Football League, you were part of another culture change as well. Uh, when you left Indy, you end up going to Arizona. And at that time, Arizona was, you know, very, very inconsistent. Uh, they were in rough shape when you got there. How did you try to create a culture, uh, uh, a, a positive culture there? And I know, you know, you weren't a vocal guy, but clearly, you know, people followed your footsteps based on the success you had at Indy, not just as an individual but team success. And you were able to kind of change the direction uh, of that organization. How were you able to do that? Well, it's more of, man, people watch what you do, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's more about the way you go about things like, when I left Indianapolis, my I didn't I didn't leave my 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 workout or my work ethic or any of that stuff right there. You know, I continue to work. You know, I continue to do the things that I do that help me become successful. And I think a lot of people gravitate to those things. And the mindset is like, you know, when I got there, if you lose a game, it wasn't a bigger deal to a lot of players. And I'm like, nah, this is not what's up. Like, no, nah, we we don't lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never been a loser. You know what I'm saying? So this is the first time I got to experience this. And it does a lot to you mentally. You know, it, it, losing can break you mentally, mm-hmm. you know, and it can make you say, OK, look, just start looking for excuses and accepting it. And it's like, this not me. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I play ball. I play to win. And you have to have those conversations in the locker room, away from the coaches, around the players and be like, look, dog, this not what's up. And, you know, 
the good players gonna gravitate to it. The players that really feel that way, they're gonna gravitate to the losers, they're gonna get in these little corners and they're gonna talk about the coaches and the system and this and that, and they're gonna do all this thing. But the winners, they're gonna look for solutions. And mm-hmm. I was about, I didn't come to Arizona just to get a check and just to be part of that losing. You know, I'm like, dog, we have the ingredients. We have everything it takes. So everybody need to do what they're supposed to do. And speaking of, you know, you said people watch, you know, the great ones. I like to read a quote from you. I don't know when you re- when you uh, stated this quote, but it's a cool quote. And it definitely plays a part in what you just said about working and grinding. You said it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm in the club. I used to see dudes from the other team and they're looking at me like, oh, all right, it's cool. Edge out here partying, too. So it's not a big deal, right? But what they didn't know was I'd be lean back, sipping on some cranberry juice, right in the same type of cup as their liquor was poured in. We leave the club, everybody else going go to their crib to pass out. But I'm in the gym at three, three, four, five o'clock in the morning by myself putting in work. While they were sleeping, I was grinding. So that just tells our listeners and our viewers the perspective that you had, you know, being able to hang out, party, but the grind never changed. How important was that for you throughout your professional career? It's very important because like, it shows a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand, like, okay, like, I I believe in omnipresence. Omnipresence is being everywhere. You know, I'm not going to sit up there and put myself in a position where it's like, oh, man, I'm not going to go out because, you know, I might drink or all these things, the negative things might come. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go out and I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do all those things, but I'm not going to miss my chance of enjoying life either. You know, so mm-hmm. kind of double dip, you know what I'm saying? I go out there and I can be around you. I can be there and be fun, have fun with the boys. You know, like when you're in Miami, man, like it's the off season, like, like, dog, we, we, we put in a lot of work to get here, you know, and the fruits of your labor is nightlife, hanging out, Again, with your peers, you know, like we, like me and you, we doing a, a Zoom call, we doing a call right now, but we still gonna talk about when you was at FSU and I was at Miami, that's that's part of like, you like putting all your stuff on display and you talking about the things we've done to overcome these situations. So it's good to be around that type of energy, yeah. but I don't have to put nothing in my body. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And most people can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Most people can't sit up and say, man, shit, it's the offseason. Ain't no fucking coach going to tell me what to do tomorrow or it's not mandatory. That's when it comes from right here. That's why it's, That's why I'm a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. why you see, like, dudes sit up there and say, man, look, you have to discipline yourself. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to hang with Uncle Luke. I'm going to hang with Trick. I'm going to hang with everybody in Miami. And we're going to have fun, but I ain't drinking. I don't want to drink. You know, so I'm an athlete, you know? Hey, and that's the thing about the great ones. The discipline is just second nature because you want it so bad. You know what I mean? You want it so bad. You don't have any other options. And that's what you're chasing. And you remember you said earlier, you had to chase something. You're chasing the great ones. You had a goal and set a goal set for you. And you were able to achieve that goal because of that type of discipline. When you look at, you know, Arizona, your time in Arizona, I mean, instantly the switch changed. You guys are successful. Uh, made it to the Super Bowl uh, to meet the Steelers again, my Steelers again. Uh, but when you look at that game, EJ, what what would you what what is the biggest what if moment to you from that game? Well, you know that the game itself, I think overall we we probably should have won that game. We would have stayed intact. In like Steelers played some good ball, but if you look at that game, you see like going into halftime, mm-hmm. you know we had. You got to think, that's like a, a two-touchdown swing when no question. we – Imagine we just get the three, you know? Imagine we don't force it, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's little stuff like that. But I think overall, the Steelers, they've been there before. That's what they do. The Cardinals, I think the Cardinals were happy enough to be in the Super Bowl. That's the difference, yeah. you know? It's like you look at it a lot of time in sports. The people that are there, that's known to be there, and that's what they do. Like, you see the Patriots, they know they're supposed to be there. They expect to win. You know, the Cardinals, hey, shit, we exceeded expectations. You know, we've done this and done that. So win or lose, it's a win for us. So it meant more to the Steelers, you know. And it's like those little things that that didn't happen in our favor, those are things that the great teams find a way 
two do. They find a way to make that play. They find a way mm-hmm. to kind of steal that deal. And if you look at the history of sports, it holds true. The Steelers been there. The Cardinals, like, man, we, we, shit, we was there. You know what I'm saying? We was happy to be there, but this is where, this is not where we expected to be there truthfully. You know what I'm saying? Cause we mm-hmm. put in a lot of work at the team, but you know, it was like, kind of like, you look at like a content type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I can tell you this much edge, you guys kind of caught fire at the right time. But like you said, the hist- historically speaking, that was an organization that wasn't used to being in those type moments. So right. sometimes for some organizations, what people don't feel, what people don't realize, some teams just happy to get there. Like, yo, we, we, we've outkicked our coverage. We overachieved. So it's not about winning it. We just happy to be in the moment that you're currently in. So I understand definitely what you're coming, where you're coming from uh, uh, saying that. Look at your career edge, man. You had over 300 rushes in seven seasons. Uh, in the past two years, only two running backs uh, per year have had over 300 rushes. So when you look at the running back position right now, currently in the National Football League, you know, who are some of the guys you enjoy watching? Because you were a do-it-all type running back. You caught the ball well, you ran the ball well. But when you look at the, the nature of the running back position right now, you know, when you look at some of the elite guys, who, who do you really enjoy watching? Who kind of reminds you of yourself? Uh, when you talk about remind me of myself and the guys who I like watching, you know, that's, that's, that goes twofold. But, like, I like watching Alvin, Alvin Kamara. You know, mm-hmm. I like Davin Cook. And Davin Cook, I watched him in high school to watch his whole – you know, watch him and transform, you know, because when he Florida was a state high, guy, by the way, Florida State. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We sent him down there. We was on the probation. So we sent him, we sent him up there. Your gift. We gave y'all a gift. But <laughs> watching that guy play and watch him turn into one of the top guys in the league, that's like a beautiful sight. When you get in this position, you like, you know, we deal with the youth programs. Mm-hmm. You watch the guys and say, and watch them develop and watch them grow up. You say, okay, that guy has what it takes. I used to watch Devontae, Devontae Freeman in high school and say, hey, yep. He has what it takes, you know. So when it comes to guys like that, you look at them from a different reason, you know. When I look at a guy that that kind of reminds me of the way he run, the way he finished, I like Zeke, you know. Mm-hmm. I like Zeke, you know, like like he finishes strong. You know, he finishes with that low pad level, yeah. tough. Get gonna get everything out of a run, you know. When I watch that guy run, I say, yeah, he ain't just get. He's he not just. He's not there, you know. He's trying to punish you, you know. So he's trying to finish that run strong. So I look at things like that, you know, so it's a lot of great guys, you know, but it depends on what you're looking for, you know. Hey, it's funny you mentioned Zeke because if Zeke had number 32, the same type face mask that you wore, I mean, it it would be, you can see the similarities in the running style, the body style, you know what I mean? The measurables, the speed, the quickness, and just the, the unique ability to always fall forward. That's one thing Coach Kyle used to tell us all the time. Great backs always fall forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not they always it. find a way to fall forward to get positive yards. And Zeke has that same uh, element, something that you had. So that's that's the good comparison there, man. If he had number 32 with the same face mask, huh, that, that's little uh, ba- baby EJ is what they would probably be calling him. Now nah, he's doing his thing, man. He's yeah. Zeke, man. You know, like shit. You know, every man are their own man. You know what I'm saying? But if I look at it, I, I like I like his running style. Yeah. Two more questions for you before we transition to the superlative part. What are your expectations for the coach this year, uh, especially with Jonathan Taylor in year two, a bruising type running back, and then adding Carson Wentz? Man, what's your expectations for the team this year? Well, the team, the team has all the ingredients, you know, and that's what it is. You know, they have they have like a, a great defense. You know, they're putting everything together, and the quarterback play the way the quarterback and the receivers mesh. That's going to be the difference in the season. The running back, he's already jumped out and showed that he's capable and he's a legit running back. So that's not going to be a problem. But the relationship with the quarterback and receivers, because they're new, you mm-hmm. know, that, the defense is going to be the defense. But the relationship between the quarterback and the receivers is what's going to make or break this team because they still got to go through Tennessee, yeah. you know. And so the AFC South is is – it's going to be those two teams. It doesn't, no question. it's not going to change. The other two teams, they're not really, they're not there yet right now. You know, so they got too much controversy and the other guy, Jacksonville got new quarterback, all that stuff. So you're expecting a rookie to be a rookie, you know, but, but they have to go through Tennessee and if the quarterback plays well, the coach play well. So you're saying bold prediction, you're saying 
bare minimum playoffs should be destined for the Colts. It'd be down. It's between them and Tennessee. That's yeah. Colts Tennessee determines everything. No doubt. It's a two team division in the in the AFC South, like you mentioned. So yeah, the Colts definitely uh, got the makeup to having a, a deep run. Uh, last question for you, uh, man. You got two outstanding athletic sons. Uh, one of your sons is starting to pick up some uh, basketball offers. Uh, another uh, son is picking up your other son is picking up football offers. Being the the Hall of Fame dad that that you are, what type of guidance are you giving them during this recruiting process for them? Well, for them, for, for me, is you know I I always look at it and I go back to the way I did, just work. All this stuff right here, I think a lot of kids get caught up in. Oh, I'm a three star, four star, five star. That's all like it's. It's fake. It's a. It's that it, it doesn't mean anything, you know. You know, it's good for publicity. It's good to pat on the back, but just work, you yeah. know. You know, just I'll just just continue to work, and when it's time, you'll know that it's time, and you'll produce. So, don't get caught up in I'm getting recruited or I'm this neck. You can get recruited eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade. It doesn't matter, you know. It's about what you do and where you end up. You know, so all I want to do is continue to tell my kids, just, man, just continue putting in that work. No doubt, no doubt. So a few questions, superlative part, where I hit you with rapid-fire questions, Edge. I want your honest, unbiased answer. We had Santana Moss on the show some weeks ago. We had Antrell Roll on the show. We asked every Hurricane player we've had on this show the same question. Miami Hurricanes, Mount Rushmore. Who are the four best players to ever play for the Hurricanes? Uh, man, I'm, I'm the worst person to ask that right there because, you know, with, with me is it's so many guys mm-hmm. that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put nobody above the above the other because everybody does things different. You know what's the situation? You know what I'm saying? That's the way I answered. Okay, what's the situation? You know, mm-hmm. which kind of determines you know what player you put up there because if I got to sit up there and say I'm going to war with something, okay, let me know let, let me know the situation. Then I'm going to give you players that fit that mold, you know, and I'm going to say, okay, these are the guys that can handle that task. But it's some other dudes over there that can handle another task. Okay, so so let's do it like this. Who are the four guys that you believe change the the program? What changed the program, you know, like put the program on the map. It could have been in the early 80s, mid 80s, 90s, 2000s. But guys that when you talk about Miami football, you don't have a conversation without mentioning name, mentioning their name. Well, man, I'm the wrong person that I ain't putting nobody down, man. Okay. I ain't, you know, I'm not gonna answer that because it's too many guys that some people did things that people don't even understand how important they are to the program. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. So let me ask you this question: With the new uh, NIL uh, rules being in place, name, image, and likeness, uh, who would you have been sponsored by in college if you were able to make money off your name, image, and likeness? Who would have spon- who who would you uh, have sponsor you? Uh, name, image, and li- likeness. Um, I don't, I don't know. Probably a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a, yeah. hey, hey, back in them days, what the Rolex? Hey, back in the days, man, Coco's. Like <laughs> so. <laughs> That, okay. Oh, they wouldn't allow it, but man, like that's the spot that you go. Them the spots you go. You say, okay, somebody that people that love you appreciate you, and they know you like cheers. <laughs> you walk in there, everybody know you. Man, that's who I want to sponsor me, man. Gold Rush. Hey, man. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I know you're heavy in video games. Uh, favorite video game ever. Oh, I used to like uh, well, NBA Live, man. Like NBA Live, yeah. Hey, NBA man, Live. the kids nowadays don't even know why in the NBA Live. It's only two K, but NBA Live used to be that thing back in the day. Yeah, man, you'd be playing with the Phoenix Suns, man. You'd have the Phoenix Suns. You just wetting that thing all the way around. So NBA Live was my game. Okay, last question for you. We're gonna let you go. Top four rappers from the state of Florida or South Florida, man. I... I don't like to put no top. I, I, man, anybody from Florida, I'm pulling for you. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no top this or top that. Cause when I'm in the two, three, nine, I'm, I'm you cool listen to plies. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm over here, shit, trick that. Like it, I'm not gonna put up like 
Man, I'm all. Oh, but just what? Just tell me. Just tell me who you rocking with. Like, like you know, when you listening, Everything. a certain a certain vibe. You know what I mean? Who who you listening to from Florida? Everything Florida. Like, I okay. I, I'm pulling for everybody from Florida, man. Cause like I work every area of the state. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't just strictly down here. I'm all around Florida. You know. So when you talk about Florida, man, I'm with Florida. Cause I I'm speaking that language. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We live like so. Anytime you see somebody successful from Florida. Like, like, hey, that feel like that's my brother, my cousin, you know, as a feel like a family member, you know, cause we just different, you know? Yeah, any up and coming, uh, any up and comers people should be listening to or get ready to listen to on the music standpoint when it comes from the state of Florida. Anybody you've been kind of peeping that, that, that the rest of the state hadn't really heard about yet? My daughter, Yana J, like my daughter, we have a studio, you can hear about her. She's singing R&B, so, you know, everything with us in house, boy, so get ready. You gonna hear? Wow, it. I didn't know that. I didn't know you had a daughter who had the vocals. Yeah, cause you know what? We make a show when it come out. It gonna come out just like Edge. <laughs> you know, jumping off the porch, jumping off the porch, running. Just like me, you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta think. Nobody knew that I was who I was, mm-hmm. but I was, I was always who I was. No you question. So, so nah, when her, when her project dropping? When it's gonna drop? In the next couple months, right now I got her, she opening up for like the little baby concerts that we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So she another one on August the 13th. Then she come to Tallahassee to Florida State Territory, yeah. you know, in, um, in late August. So we opening up, it's a progression, you know, we're doing everything the right way, but she legit, you know, if I bring it out, trust me, it's gonna be right. Hey man, that's dope right there, that's dope, man. Keep us in the loop with that. Cause you know, we don't just talk sports on our show. We talk music. We had Fabulous on uh, during the season. You know, we had uh, Chanel West Coast. So, you know, Master P. So, you know, we we like to highlight all things. Hint the name, all things covered. And before we let you go, Edge, man, you're an entrepreneur. Man, you do a lot that's not football related, a lot that's not sports related. Man, fill the fans in a little bit on what you're doing from the business side of things, man. It seems like you have your hands in so many different things and everything you touch, it hits. Like you said, like your rookie year, you came off the porch running. Everything that you touch in the business side is a big time hit, man. So fill us in a little bit about what you got going on. Well, man, like I'm like I, I do things that I enjoy, you know. So I'm in the nightlife, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have clubs, and I'm I'm part of multiple ventures that that we actually frequent and things we like doing, you know. So those things right there, that that that's a given. The real estate, I'm always being. In, involved in real estate, yeah. clothing, apparel, you know, but if anybody interested in what I really have going on, truly follow my Instagram because that's what I use it for. I use that platform to actually put everything on display and and you'll see things that you may be interested in. Some things may make you cringe a little bit, but edge is edge. We live in life. We doing what it take, doing what it taking. We're doing it right. Yeah. And I think you, you one thing you always put on your Instagram, you say, create the life you want to live. I, did I say it the right way? Yeah. Create the life you want to live. It's like, you know, it's one of those things, you know, you sit back, it's a mindset. You know, it's like yeah, a lot of people, they sit back and wait on something mm-hmm. or they try to create something and they'll alter it or they say, if it was me, I would do it like this. And I'm like, hey, don't wait to if it was you. Make it you. No do question. it right. My lifestyle is based upon all the things that I enjoy what I like doing and I've created this whole little thing and that's why I'm enjoying my life because I'm not doing things that I don't want to do. And once you create things that you want, you know, you're most likely to be in a happy place. Hey, hey man, wise word coming from a wise man, a hall of fame man, by the way. And his Instagram name is at Ezra and James, man. Definitely go follow him. Uh, you can learn a lot, not just from the athletic standpoint, just from the, the life the business side of things, man. This man's been a success, man, since jumping out the crib, man. So he's doing big things. And check out his daughter as well. She will be opening up, you say, for a little baby, right? Yeah, you'll see it. That's Iyana J, at Iyana J. You'll, I mean, you'll see it, you know, like, I don't, I don't have to force feed things. I don't have to force feed people thing. Yeah. You know, the way I tell you if you're good or if you're bad, you know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna continue to put good things out, good product out, good businesses out. And the world would tell you if you're good or bad, you know? And that's my philosophy. Hey, 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 I love it, I love it. Man, EJ, man, thank you for joining me here on All Things Covered, Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, man. A quality sound conversation coming from a living legend. 
who will be inducted into the hall. Hey, hey, hey Edge, are you gonna are you gonna have the dunk up in Canton? Would you? I know you're gonna bring some Florida flavor up to Ohio, man. What you got planned? Man, we, we we trying to do something, man. We see we seeing what's up, you know. Like, I got it, you know. It's it, it's it's ready, you know. It's like, <laughs> hey, anything I do, man, the culture's with me, you know. Like, I don't do things outside of, you know, my comfort zone. So, the dunk is in place, you know. Florida's in place, you know. It's just been a little, it's been a little different because you couldn't prepare the way you prepared before, yeah. You know, and so we made a lot of alterations to kind of piped down because if it would have happened when it's supposed to happen, it would have been a Florida invasion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I already know. You know, now we just got to kind of, kind of just make the best of it, you know? No doubt, but man. it's forever. It's immortal. So everything we do is Hall of Fame stamp. Hey, say no more. Say no more, man. Hey, man, it's a pleasure, man. Can't wait to, because uh, I will be in Canton because, you know, we got, we got a few uh, Steelers going in. BBC, Donnie Shell. Alan Fanica, and uh, who I'm missing, and Troy, yeah, Troy, Troy, Troy Palomalo. So we definitely, we, 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 we deep man. So it'll be a good time, man. You oh no question, it'll, it'll be a great time. It'll be a great time, no question, yeah, no question. No hey, but thank you for joining me. And don't worry, we're gonna have that Miami Florida State bet too. So you answer your phone talking about me. Don't answer my how phone. About you, you, hey, how about you bet right now? Five thousand, say bet. So what? I don't I even said, know who my I don't even know who my quarterback gonna be. I'm not gonna make that bet just yet. I said five stacks right now. Say I'm not bet. making. I'm not making. Listen, no, I'm not making and, that bet right now. Hey, and we coming to Tallahassee. Hey, one thing about it. One thing about the hurricane, man. We come with confidence. We already see how you you backing now. Look, that look, that no, 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 no. Hey, you gotta understand something. Edge, Edge, hold on, wait a minute. Edge, we won five ball games last year, so it, it, I'm not saying. That we gonna come in and be a, a real beaters year the, the second year with our new head coach. But what I'm saying is we're gonna compete and it's gonna be a different story. But I'm not willing to put that on the line just yet. I haven't even seen us play on the grass yet. We got who well, we got first game, Notre Dame. Yeah, we can we can reanalyze this when the season starts. But we we hey, you said all that to say no bet. No, I'm it's... not saying we ain't gonna bet, but I'm not saying I ain't jumping out there with five bands out the rip. No. No, I got to see what. And, hey, one thing about one thing about gambling, you know this. You know this. You can't be a fool, and you can't let pride get the best of you. Man, you the one. Who, I didn't ask you to bet. You brought it up to me, so I'm just telling you, man. Like you did five, five racks or nothing, man. Don't even worry. <laughs> All right, man. It's good talking to you, man. We link up. Yes, sir. Be safe. Appreciate you. All right. Cool. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.